0: So we're going to talk this morning about walking in truth, walking in truth. And as I was studying, I had originally intended to do two core values, and it was very clear as I was studying walking in truth, God's like, no, you're just going to sit right here. That's all you're going to do. Okay? And so we're going we're to focus and we're going to uh, talk about what it looks like and, and what we feel called to do as a church when it means to walk in truth. Now, now, one of the reasons why this is a, just a unique time and place and, and just season, uh, not only for our church, but just when we look at the Christian landscape uh, across uh, the country, what we're seeing, and I, and I connect with quite a few pastors uh, from around the country, and one of the things that I, I am frequently hearing, and I would say even more so on the West Coast, is I'm hearing about more and more Churches and pastors seeing people disengage in church. And, and, and we're just seeing, we're seeing statistics, like, like the, the attendance is going down. Now, it's easy to respond and go, well, what? Well, COVID, duh. That's why. But it's not just that. What we're actually seeing is, because you know what? A whole year we had to see that. But what we've seen is throughout the last year and a half, um, it's not people moving and flowing with COVID. What we're starting to see is people just all together disengage. Just disengage. And so as I was working through these core values, I was, confronted with this question of why gather? Why church? Because that's what people are wrestling with, or they're just done wrestling with it. They've just created something that just works for them. And so knowing uh, scripture that, well, I didn't create church, God did, uh, he called us. He adopted us into his family. He 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 created this community. He's called us to the, this community, and not only that, he's given us giftings uh, to enable to to help enact the vision he's called our church uh, to. And, and 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 so, knowing all of that, it was like, man, God, help me to communicate your heart and your intent, not only for this church but even why this should be this non-negotiable priority in our lives. And we're just seeing culturally it go the opposite way. But as we focus on this today as a church, and as we talk about walking in truth, um, I want to bring us to John chapter 14. Now, uh, we're not going verse by verse through the book of John these three weeks, okay? So for those of you that, that love the same thing uh, and, and predictability, this is gonna wreck you, okay? I'm gonna be all over the place. So I'm just warning you now. But I'm gonna start in John 14, six here because there's an interaction that happens between Jesus and Thomas. And, and, and as Jesus is talking about going away, Thomas is going, well, how are we gonna find you? How are we gonna follow you? And Jesus says this, in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he says, he tells Thomas, I am the truth, okay? I am the truth. So if we're gonna acknowledge that today, that truth, that reality, because um, he is truth, because uh, he created truth, That means that truth only exists. How we define truth has to align with who he is, with his nature, because he created it. He gets to define what truth is and what it isn't. And he does that through his word. Later in John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus has said, I am truth. My words are truth. And, and, and so you know where truth comes from. You know how to identify it. And just in case you you struggle with it, um, I have left the very words of God to you, and so we see uh, in Second Timothy, where Paul is writing uh, to this young pastor Timothy, who we' got to believe is in over his head, going, "What do I do? And Paul says these words to him in Second Timothy 3:16 through chapter four, verse two. He says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. For reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Okay, so so Jesus has defined truth, okay? He's defined truth for us. I am truth, and how do you follow truth? My words, the mouthpiece of God. Our college ministry, typically in the summers, it meets in a park. And there's a park south of campus, And three summers ago, I think it was three, it might've been four, we were meeting there. And what we would do is we'd get together, and we'd grill, and there's games going on, and then there would be a time of teaching and worship. On this particular Tuesday night, there was an individual that was there at the park, and he walks over. Now, when that happens, I usually go, great. But he walks over and he says, hey, I noticed there's a big group of you. You're playing games. And he says, I have invented a game. And I go, wow. He goes, yeah. Would you guys be interested in playing it? I'm trying to get groups of people to play it. And so I said, sure. We'll play your game. Okay, outreach. So so he leaves. Now, I don't, he left. Okay. That was interesting. He comes back. And he starts drawing in all these lines and everything in this field area, in this outfield. And he proceeds to show us his game that he's created called Volcano Ball. Now, don't laugh. It's cool. Now, what volcano ball is, is a cross between ultimate frisbee and basketball. I know. Now you're like, how do you play that, right? So he's, 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 he's created this game, and he, and he pulls us all in, and he, says, he starts telling us how to play the game. Now, as he is telling us how to play the game, guess what nobody was doing? Nobody was interrupting him. Nobody was saying, no, that's not actually how you play Volcano Ball. That's actually, no, that's not the rules. You're wrong. In fact, this is a better way to play it. Nobody was saying that. Why? He's the designer of the game. He created it. And, 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 and so he has the right to tell us how to play. Okay? And, and, and so just as uh, he was the designer of that game... God is the designer of truth. And so as the designer of truth, he gets to cri- dictate how truth is lived out and played out in our lives. And he's given us the rule map. Before the guy left, he, he, he said, do you guys want to borrow the game? We said, sure, and he gave us a rule book with it so we could go back because we didn't understand it fully and we could look at in moments of confusion and go, well, these are the rules. God has given us the guide. It's his word, it's scripture, it's the truth, it's the very mouthpiece of God. And so to walk in truth, it means to walk and live according to God's definition of truth. He has defined that truth in himself, and he said, you're going to know it through Scripture. But here is the problem that we're seeing just in culture as a whole, and we'll just use our nation for uh, as an example. Uh, in recent statistics, now, statistics, they're always a little rough. You always got to examine the source, and statistics are really rough because we're in this unprecedented stage of life. So we all acknowledge that. But in 2018, 2019, there was research done. And and what they saw uh, is around 65% of Americans at that time identified themselves as Christians, which was down 12% from just 10 years before that. So, so you see this declining overall population of people that say, I define myself as a Christian. And, and the population group that had grown exponentially in those uh, 10 years was the group that identified themselves as unattached to any particular religion. And so when, when, when you look at where culture's at, where it's going, how in the world do you arrive at a common truth or authority when we can't agree as to where authority comes from for truth? How? And, and, and we go, well, two-thirds roughly believe in a God, but how many of those people that believe in God, and and we're talking outside of church, but also even inside of church, how many people believe in God, but don't look to him as their moral authority for their life. See, many will acknowledge a God or a creator, but they will say, I have a better way to live. I have a better truth. And as a culture, we're moving further and further from God. And as we move farther and farther from God, What do we see? Well, with that comes new opportunities to define truth because when something goes away, it leaves space for something to replace it. Every now and again, my wife and I will leave the room and then we'll listen to find out which child takes charge when we're gone. To see who takes the authority that has left the room, and it's shocking sometimes. Sometimes it's that two and a half year old, and he just starts bossing them around. you are like, what? But what we see in culture is when there is a void of truth, something has to fill it, right? And and and, and so as we're seeing more and more, we're seeing these voids in all these different. Um, issues that we used to have agreed upon truth or consensus of truth with, we're seeing what's filling these voids is a bunch of desired truths. Now, what drives desired truths? We do, right? We, We drive these. Now, now there's a word, and I was just listening and and studying this word this last week. It's called emotivism, and it means moral truth is not objective. It's relative based on feelings. We know truth because of how we feel inside. Well, I feel this way, and whether that's actually true or not, it, it, it doesn't, Matter and 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 in our culture, this has become the dominant way for us to know and define truth. And, 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 And so as we as we look at where we're going, what we've started to do is we actually align ourselves, we align our beliefs, we align align our truth or our perception of truth to who? To ourselves. So we're aligning ourselves to ourselves. So whatever I think is what's truth. And those that align with my thoughts are the groups I join. That's the church I go to. That's that, that those are the people that I listen to. That's the news uh, that that I believe that I choose to believe. Those are the influencers that I allow to influence me. Those are the theologians that 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 I'm gonna hang on to every word they say. Why? Because I generally believe and want to believe what they say because they think like, me and so those are the social media accounts that I repost, that I like, and I don't even study it. I don't even look at it. I just know that I generally agree and like what they have to say, and and, and, and I like their definitions of truth, and what's scary is a lot of times there's bits of scripture in some of these things. There's just enough for, for me to just go, alright, and because I like them, or I want to believe in them, I hold whatever is said there as truth. And I give it authority over my life. And you think about what is influencing a lot of those things that's actually influencing you, right? Because there's a vacuum, right? There's a vacuum for truth. And so whoever has the most power right, the most authority, those are the ones that have the advantage in bringing in the desired truth. And you look at what's happening and you look at even just like just social media as one example, and it is scary what is happening. And what's been completely pushed to the side is learning to think critically just learning to think critically. Now, what is critical thinking? It's the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. Now, thinking critically is absolutely essential for us, and the Bible challenges us to think. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> The Bible continuously challenges us to think and to consider. In fact, the wisest man to ever live writes these words in, in Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17, it says this. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Also says in Proverbs fourteen fifteen, the simple believes everything. But the prudent gives thought to his steps. We need to relearn how to think critically off of God's truth. Guys, if if, if we can't get to that place, how in the world are you going to confront all of these? Outlets that are bringing all different kinds of information. How in the world are you going to know? How are you going to identify what truth is? And, and, and when, I th- when we think about the confusion uh, that we're seeing in our culture, there, there's a confusion. And a lot of it is just because, just one simple, simple thing that we're seeing culturally as well. And I was listening to a talk on this. It was hilarious. But we're not reading anymore as a culture it's not just i'm not just looking at ecclesia you don't read as a culture we're not reading guess how much the average american right now now like i said statistics are a little weird these days but guess how much on average roughly the the americans reading 16 minutes a day some of you're like man that's a good day <laughs> we don't know <laughs> But maybe that's part of today for you. That's how much we're reading. That's information. That's, that's learning. Oh, but hey, social media, I'm sure that's encouraging. <laughs> we're seeing anywhere from two to three hours a day. Average American. Average. Spending on that and so what is that reflecting what are we seeing there well we're not we're not reading we're not learning we're getting little bits of information we're getting these highlights we're getting a lot of information but we're getting these highlights and we're not learning how to actually think well. And so we're getting nailed by all of this misinformation. And I think we would all agree in here, it's absolutely destroying our culture right now. And what's so sad to me is you can't just look outside and go, man, look what's going on outside of the church world. Oh my goodness. No, we're dealing with it just as much though so inside the church world. And, and, and it's misinformation. And then also uh, w- what we're seeing is uh, it, it being misinformation when it comes to the handling and the teaching uh, of, of God's word. And, and we shouldn't be surprised. Like, we're still like surprised. How is this happening? And, and the Bible continually warns us about this how we shouldn't be surprised. In fact, in Acts chapter 20 verse 30, Paul tells them at the church of Ephesus, he says, and from among you your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. In in 2 Peter chapter 2, 1 and 2 and and the warning the the, the Jesus followers again, it says, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Man, that is a scary thought. It's a scary thought to know that across these different platforms, across stages, um, across Bible studies, there are going to be heresies. There's going to be people that are going to try and lead people astray, and it's going to be tricky, uh, it's going to be manipulative, and it's going to, in a lot of cases, it's going to use God's word and twist and distort it. Guys, we gotta gotta walk in truth because the truth of God's word helps us to see what's truth and what's not, and it reveals misinformation. See, it helps us to respond to any information that's being pushed in a in a bias uh, a, a bias point of view uh, in a way that doesn't reflect god's word and, and and so this this misleading information as as the Bible tells us it's going to keep coming it's not going to stop why because it's meeting a demand right it's meeting our desires why do you think we keep getting this stuff why why do you think this keeps happening? It's, it's feeding what you and I want. So it's not going to go away. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, once again, Paul to the young pastor, he says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths, right? So so he's saying there's going to be a day, there's going to be a time when we're going to want to hear only what aligns with our point of view. And that's the teaching that we want. And anything else that doesn't align with that, we're just not going to listen to it. Guys, we're there. We're there. And and so we're getting all of this information. The problem is it's uh, agenda-based and it's not truth-based. Because when it's truth-based, it leads to, well, 2 Timothy 3.7. It says this. Always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Ooh. Now, now, what 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 is going on here? What is he talking about? Well, these individuals, who and, and it talks about and, and it even uh, talks about this group of, of of vulnerable women who are there and they're in this place of vulnerability and 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 they're reminded of the sinful condition and and and, he, and he's talking about these false prophets who will come in, find these vulnerable people who are feeling burdened by their sin, by uh, just their insecurities, by what they don't know. And they step in, they offer a solution to fill in the gaps and what they are bringing is more information, but it's not truth. And so these people are are listening, they're responding, they're liking it and they're getting all of this information and none of it is true. So they're being totally deceived. They're thinking, I'm getting more, and yet they're not getting truth. Guys, we're in this age where we have more information available to us than ever before. There's more podcasts, there's more teachings than ever before. Man, 20 years ago, if you had said, Hey, Steve, did you hear the new podcast? I'd go, What are you talking about? And now it's like, Man, that just dominates us, doesn't it? Over and over. I think it was Rick Warren a week ago, he said, we don't need more information, we need more wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? Well, wisdom comes from God. So wisdom is getting God's perspective on things. So walking in truth is navigating through the changes and challenges of life through God's perspective, not yours. And here's what's so great. He invites us into this. He invites us to do this. He invites us into seeking his will to the current issues, to the current questions that we have. In 2 Timothy 2, 7, this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says this, think over what I say. He doesn't say, do what I say. Don't ever think about it. Don't question it. Don't have a thought about it. I am Paul. No, he says, think over what I say. Why? He says, if you will think about God's word, he says, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Man, that's huge. And how encouraging is that? He invites us to do this, you guys with Him. He invites us to learn. He invites us to chew on His words, to think about them, to learn to grow up in it because why He wants to give you understanding and when he gives you understanding it supersedes a moment it supersedes something that's just uh, culturally hot at the time you guys he, he he does this and 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 man it, it literally uh, it reaches us in this moment then over here and then in this situation and and it's not that the Bible just speaks to all of these current events it's when I take these current um moments of of just, what do I do, God? These questions before him, and I chew on his word, and I study the life of Christ, and I understand and know who God is by his words that he's made known to us. And when I do it, and I say, I'm gonna walk in truth, he says, I'm going to give you understanding. You're gonna get that understanding. Guys, as Jesus followers, we must carry truth. We must be led by truth. We are not called to be the people who are of the world. We're called to be the people of the word, right? God's word is the only thing that will stand the test of time. And so all these other words, all these other influences, all of these things, they're going to speak to maybe a moment. You need the words of God because it is the only thing that's going to stand the test of time. It's good yesterday, today, and forever. But this is what it starts with. It starts with you and I being truthful with ourselves, with where we're actually at, doesn't it? See, Jesus said to Pilate in John chapter 18, 37, it says, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king for this purpose. I was born, and for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, he says, listens to my voice. Listens to my voice. And in First John chapter 1, verse 6, it says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So the question we have to ask first and foremost this, this morning is, is it his voice that is the one you're following? Is it his voice or is it someone else's? And what that reflects is an authority issue. By whose authority are you living? By whose authority are you navigating through the complexities of life right now? Whose authority is it? And then am I actually walking in his truth? Am I actually walking it, right? So, so it, it, am I hearing, am I responding uh, to his authority? Uh, but not only am I receiving this information, this understanding, but am I actually now walking it? Because if I'm not, he says, you're just deceiving yourself. And so I have to ask, is, is his voice the one that is my source of authority? And am I walking in obedience to that? but here's what's so beautiful. If we will walk in truth, guys, he'll change us. He'll change us. Ah, I need that. I need that. Because just as culture struggles with this, I struggle with the same thing. I struggle with myself. I struggle with wanting to bend every thought every teaching to my desires, every headline, every news article, every social media post, I, my struggle is filtering it through my desired outcome. And so I need to hear, is, is, is his voice my, my authority? Am I walking in obedience to his will or is, is it just mine? And, and then I, need to, I needed to hear this. If I'm gonna walk in his truth, he will change me. John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth, okay? Sanctification is the process of becoming more like God. He says, sanctify them in what? Thank you, my goodness. The online crowd was louder than you guys. (laughs) Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. His word will change us. And and that's why we see in Psalm 25, David pray these beautiful words. In Psalm 25, five, he says, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. Man, what a what a prayer. Lead me in your truth. And teach me. Guess what, guys, to be taught, it's gonna require time. It's gonna require reading and, and, and studying and 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 there's so many shortcuts uh that that, that you're gonna be tempted to take in your relationship and your walk with him. And and yet he says, spend time with Me And and I love how David just like gives us perspective on the whole time thing when he says, for you, I wait all the day long. Guys, for some of us, we've been going to God with these questions. We've been seeking out truth, but we give him this deadline. And we're like, listen, God, on average, I'm going to read 16 minutes today. So you have 16 minutes to respond. Okay, now, God, I'm going to spend some time on social media. Okay probably two, three hours. So I'm going to need you to speak through that during that time gap, right? Or or, or or, God, you know, I I get my time with you right now. Here it is. I'm pulling into work. Versus actually going, man, what does it take? What do I need to do if I'm gonna walk in truth? What's the time commitment here that he's inviting me into to have a relationship with him? And and, and could I pray for you, I wait all the day long. For you, I wait all the day long. You guys, he he is well worth waiting for. But you gotta persist in his truth. And and, and and while you're persistent in truth, while you're walking in truth, you can be waiting. But the question is, while you're waiting, are you still walking in truth? Or are you abandoning it? We must let the truth of God supersede our emotions, our desires, our biases, our politics, and even this present time. And this means we must not only listen to truth, but be willing to receive it regardless of who the mouthpiece is. Guys, there. God is incredible in how he can deliver the truth he wants you to hear. I'm amazed how he catches me off guard. In fact, still to this day, he'll use my parents. And it angers me. But they'll still... Just throw a line in there. And I'm like, and everything in me, childhood Steve is like, don't believe it. Don't receive it. But then God goes, and I go, God, you're still using them. Mm. He used lots. He used lots of mouthpieces. In fact, in the Old Testament, he used a donkey. There's a quote that goes with that, but it's inappropriate, so I'm not going to say it. But he can speak through anybody and anything. But the question is, will we receive it and will we walk in truth? And if we're going to walk in truth, you guys, here's the other reality that happens in a space like this. That means we're going to walk in truth with each other. We're going to deal with each other. If we're going to say as a church, we're going to walk in truth, that means you and I are going to deal with each other in a truthful way. Right? So so we're uh, going to speak the truth to each other. We're going to be authentic. We're going to be transparent with each other. People are craving community like this. They're looking for that. They just want somebody to tell them the truth. Please, somebody tell me the truth. Somebody deal with me in a truthful way. We are crying out for that. Can this be a place where that happens, where we treat each other in an honest and transparent way? And let me just tell you this, at least from up here, man, we are going to preach truth. Across all age groups of this church, we are going to preach the truth. We're gonna do learn seminars. where We're gonna help equip you to think through the truth, to arrive at the truth of God's word. Uh, We're going to push discipleship. We are going to push discipleship every chance we get. Uh, when, When someone comes up to me, I am always trying to think of ways to bring up discipleship. Okay, why? Because we are in the midst of a discipleship crisis in our culture. People don't know how to follow Jesus. People that say they love Jesus don't even know what it looks like to follow him. You guys, discipleship teaches you how to follow him. And so if you've never been discipled, and listen, if you had an accountability buddy and you went through this study and you held each other accountable, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody that has walked with you through what it looks like to follow Jesus, how to follow Jesus. You guys, we have, this is Vision Sunday, we have the opportunity for you to to sign up for discipleship out there if you have never been discipled. And it's not like we have the corner market on discipleship, okay? The Bible does, all right? But I believe in our discipleship. I think it's incredible. And if you've never been discipled, that is where you go. You go sign up and we will match you up with someone we think will fit where you're at and will be able to speak truth and life into you. You guys, that's the beginning of the journey. And, and, and some of you are like, man, I've been discipled, but I'm still struggling. And, and I'm getting just ran through the mud with culture right now. So that hasn't been the answer. You know what I'm going to respond with? Of course it's not. It's not. In fact, that's why we created School of Bible See, discipleship was supposed to give you a foundation. It's supposed to help you with the direction that you need to go in. But school of Bible is then the next step. And we started that before the pandemic and we even had a class go through the pandemic and we are going to be starting another school of Bible this fall. And if you've never gone through school of Bible, if you're like, man, I am hungry, I I, I need to know, I need to learn, I am so confused by God's word And, and, and I wanna understand how to learn it, how to walk in truth, Steve. Steve, I'm hungry for that. And you got to go sign up for that. It's out there. It's going to require commitment. It's Wednesday evenings. You can do it. But that's not it. Oh. See, we identify. We're like, man, after discipleship, where do people go with this church? Ah, a cliff. Well, no. We want people to keep growing. So, School of Bible. But now, starting this fall. Fall 2021 School of Ministry. So for any of you that have gone through School of Bible, you've been biblically trained, we want you to go into School of Ministry because we want to train you up in in leadership, in serving, in gifting, and and we just believe God is gonna take that and he's gonna rise up missionaries, uh, church planters, pastors, leaders, not only in the church, not only in our church, but marketplace leaders through this. It is gonna be incredible what we see through School of Ministry. So if you've gone through School of Bible, been biblically trained, uh, listen, I wanna invite you to go out there and sign up for School of Ministry. It's the same night, it's Wednesday night. Guys, these are opportunities for you to grow in your understanding and knowledge of truth because like I said, walking truth is more than something we say, it's something we want to be. it, 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 It needs to identify us. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pray for us right now. And then I want you to consider. Now, now listen, that doesn't mean every single person in this room has to sign up for something. And if you need to be discipled, you should. If you need school, a Bible, you should. School ministry, you should. But for others of us, uh, maybe right now is just about thinking about authority. And whose authority are you living in light of? And are you walking in truth? Let's pray.